It's currently 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. The date is Tuesday, July 11th, in the sixth year of the Age of the Blood Forest, and you are listening to KBFR. This is Blood Forest Radio. off with some news. Alcalde Ortega is looking for volunteers to join the Blood Forest Reclamation Brigade. Candidates must be physically fit men and women between the ages of 13 and 60. They must have both legs and at least one arm. Terrain over the wall can be a little bit iffy, so it is critically important that every member of the BFRB have at least three limbs and, preferably, three fingers on each hand. In addition, The BFRB is particularly interested in hiring people who are proficient in the following weapons and tools. Shotgun, machete, fire hose, hedge clippers, chainsaw, harpoon gun, scythe, and handsaw. Applicants with professional experience in the following fields are highly sought after. Military, police, firefighting, and landscaping. Anybody interested in joining the brigade should bring their applications to the BFRB garrison at the intersection of Sutter and Kearney, just below the Kearney Street Wall. Speaking of the BFRB, there is some good news from our friends at Outer Sunset Village. They managed to carve out an additional six blocks of territory east of the 42nd Avenue Wall, which is certainly a thing. The newly reclaimed land extends from Judah Street all the way to West Sunset Fields, which they're going to try to take next. Good luck. All the parks in that part of the city are hellholes, like, for example, Golden Gate Park. What with the sentient watching tree that's taken up residence on Strawberry Hill, and the sleep vine that's engulfed the Dutch windmill, plus I've heard rumors about what's happened to the animals at the bison paddock. From what I understand, bison aren't usually supposed to eat meat. Nor do they typically have more than two eyes, and they're not covered in a thick layer of venomous spines that they can shoot from their five-pronged tails. They don't lurk in the tops of trees, waiting to ambush their prey with their acidic spittle and ropey tentacles, and they certainly don't usually bury their kills in the ground for later consumption, digging them up months later once the meat has putrefied and turned to slime. It's a matter of debate whether what lives in the bison paddock these days can really be called quote-unquote bison. Certainly they were bison once. Now? I don't know. Stay the fuck away from the bison, I guess is what I'm saying. Let's get real here, folks. We all know that salt water causes the hideous knot plants of the blood forest to wither and die. We know that ground that's been sprayed with salt water poisons it for months so that the spores can't take root. And, of course, now that the six blocks beyond the 42nd Avenue wall are free of vegetation, it is now safe for people to walk there. Or so you'd think. However, our friends at the BFRB urge us to remember 
that there are no barriers between the newly reclaimed land and the blood forest beyond, so please do not go poking around there. There is no reason for it. Because while the blood forest cannot take root on that ground, it can still grab you. If you find a patch of blood forest, stay at least 10 meters away from it at all times, and please contact the BFRB or your friendly local militia. If you say nothing, you put us all in danger, from your family to your friends, your children, and every single person around you. It's like the saying goes, say something and we get to live another day. Say nothing and the blood forest will surge over the walls and kill us all, sucking the blood from our bodies and draining our life away. Jesus, that's a shitty slogan. Didn't any advertising executives survive the apocalypse? I mean, hell, the lawyers did. And quite a few politicians and the hipsters and even a couple street musicians. I guess you don't get to pick and choose a scum that survives. Still. But I digress. It's been six fucking years since the Blood Forest first came to Earth. You'd think we would have learned by now not to go into it blindly. And you'd think people wouldn't let their kids play in there. I mean, back in the before times, people wouldn't have let their kids play in the regular forest. They didn't even let their kids talk to strangers for fear that they would get molested. Forgive me if I'm out of line, but don't you think that vampiric alien vegetation is just a little bit worse than child molesters? It's probably worse than 50 child molesters. I had the dream again last night. It's not a surprising thing. We all have nightmares all the time, but the ones I've been having lately have been different, more vivid somehow. Like, I can't tell whether they're dream or reality. Even when I wake up, they feel more real than real life itself. I saw my daughter in the dream. In the dream, she was alive and yet not alive in a fundamental and profound way. There were roots running under her skin like veins, and she was pale, like a cave fish, something that has never seen light. Her eyes were the color of blood, and a thin pink fluid leaked from them like tears. It, she wasn't crying. There was an expression on her face like, I don't know, shit. It looked like rapture. Her face was transfigured in a look of utter joy and peace. Like she just stumbled on the secret of the universe and was about to tell me. Like she had everything figured out and nothing would ever hurt her again. Forever. Like she was an angel. She reached her arms out towards me. Her fingernails were black. Come with me she said in a tone of wonder come into the blood forest with me daddy come with me and live forever I can't I cried changed Annabelle I've turned into a monster you're not you anymore oh daddy she said I've always been me except now I'm happy 
I'm so happy, Daddy. I'm going to be happy forever and ever and ever and ever. This isn't happiness, sweetie, I said. It's a lie. You're part of the blood forest now. She laughed, a high-pitched, girlish laugh. For a moment, she sounded like the child that she'd once been. That she looked like. That she would never be again. You silly, she said. You don't know what the blood forest is, do you? I knew what the answer was, but still I found myself replying. What's the blood forest in about? Beatific smile crossed her face. She raised her arms heavenwards. God, she said. And with that, the world dissolved around us and I woke, panting and sweating. It was something like 3 a.m. I knew that I wouldn't sleep another second that night. I started crying. I didn't know why. It might have been because I was sad that Annabelle had died might have been because I was happy she was dead. She would have been 14 if she was alive today. Old enough to be in high school. Old enough to get her heart broken by a boy or a girl. Old enough to start thinking about driving, college, and becoming an adult. What would she have been like in that world without the blood forest? Would she have been straight or gay? Would she have liked death metal or bubblegum pop? Would she dream of being an engineer or an artist or a race car driver? It was robbed of her the day the blood force came to Earth. The meteor took all her tomorrows from me. All I'm left with are nightmares and memories and a whole bunch of unanswered questions. What kind of person would my daughter have been in that uncomfortable interstitial period of adolescence? after she was a girl and before she was a woman. Anyway, I'll take any nightmare over the Annabelle one. Even the one where I'm back in high school. Even the one where I'm in high school and I'm naked. Letters. We've got some letters here in the studio because my intern Tammy wanted to start a bullshit Q&A section on the show. But Tammy, I told her, I hate people. People are the worst. Why would I ever want to answer their questions? What advice could I possibly give anyone that would be anything other than intentionally leading them down a path of destruction and misery? Tammy just put her hands on her hips and sighed in that irrepressibly Tammy-ish way. Radio listeners love Q&A segments, she said. It shows them that their favorite broadcasters are active in the community, that they care about them. But I don't care about them, I protested, and I'm not active in the community. I barricaded myself in this impenetrable fortress on Telegraph Hill for a reason. It's because I can't be around those fuckers more than five seconds before I have to start suppressing the murderous rage that fills my head. So, Tammy threatened to quit. I threatened to fire her. And long story short, this is now a question and answer show. Hooray. This is all I could have ever dreamed of and more. Anyway, here we go. Gotta answer some letters for you assholes. This one is from Patricia on Pacific. 
Baby Afar, long-time listener, first-time letter writer. Well, obviously. I was just wondering about ramen. It lasts forever. I've been eating it for years, but it gets so boring after a while. Is there a way I can spice up my ramen? Hey, Patricia. First of all, I have to commend you for managing to still have ramen after six years. I mean, for a start, how did you possibly keep it safe from the food bandits and reaver clans? Kind of impressive. Plus, there's a fact that you managed to find enough ramen to survive on for that long. I mean, what? Did you live in a Costco for five years? Actually, if you had lived in the Costco, that would have been a pretty sweet gig. Think of all the free samples you could have. Anyway, I'm going to answer your question as literally as possible. How can you spice up your ramen? Go to the public market in the ferry building and buy some of Trans Insanity peppers. Put like five or six chopped peppers in and see what happens. Might just be the culinary equivalent of staring at the sun for five minutes. You probably won't be able to taste again. Try the experiment and tell me how it goes. Or don't. Actually, yeah. Don't. This next one is from Wake Up Sheeple on Beale Street. Oh boy! This is what I was afraid of. Dear Blood Force, so-called radio, you tool of our former corporate overlords, exactly the start I expected. Open your eyes, asshole. The Blood Force isn't an alien life form because aliens don't exist because the Earth is flat and shit. It's really a Jew Illuminati conspiracy to blah, 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 blah. Jesus, moron. Why the hell would the Jews or the Illuminati or whatever want to destroy the world? From my experience with your people's particular brand of crazy nonsensical batshit, these people want to control the world, not destroy it. Why would an evil secret society that controls the world want to destroy it? That's where they do most of their nefarious evil shenanigans. Whatever. Apocalypses are apocalypses, but people will be morons forever. One last letter, and then I'm calling it quits. Dear BFR, when are you going to show your face instead of hiding in Coit Tower like a fucking supervillain? It's just everyone is really curious what you actually look like or who you actually are. Signed, Curious from Castro Valley. Hey there, Curious. I value my privacy, just so you know, like everyone in the world. I like to keep some secrets. As for what I really look like, well, use your imagination. Maybe the reason why I don't show my face is because I'm hideously deformed. Maybe it's because I'm an albino dwarf with a hunchback. Or because I'm covered in hideous birds. Or because I'm actually a 12-foot-tall literal vegetable. Like an eggplant or a jicama or something. Maybe it's none of your business. Anyway... That's all the letters I feel like reading right now, but this might as well become a regular feature, so send in your letters. After all, I need the toilet paper. You guys remember when the sky was blue? There's a generation of children who don't know what a blue sky looks like. That clear, crystal color hung over our heads like the vaulted nave of a Greek cathedral. They'll never see a blue ocean beneath a golden afternoon sun. You won't know that magic. It's the only word I can think of to describe it. It's magical. Of course, it wasn't real magic. It was just high-frequency visible light scattered by nitrogen molecules smeared across the sky above us. Now, the air is so full of spores that the whole sky has turned a nasty mustard yellow color. 
and the ocean is brown. Like it's polluted. It's not polluted, of course. There's no one left to pollute it, but even so, it's a tragedy. They won't ever know. All that's left of the old world are photographs and memories. And a hundred years from now, even those will be gone. At least the sunsets are more beautiful than they've ever been. Alright, that's enough for me. Have a good night out there, everyone. And remember, not saying goodbye. Just saying good night. Blood Forest Radio was written by Ian P. Johnson and Daniel Lindsley and performed by Ian P. Johnson. Music for this episode was provided by Tim and Derek Hammersley. We're answering listeners' queries for the letter section. Send us your questions as if you yourself were part of the BFR universe to letters at bloodforestradio.com, and we just might answer it. The letter's content and wording might be edited, but we'll try to reply as best we can. And check out our website at bloodforestradio.com. Thanks for listening. The fear of the day is linonophobia. The fear of strength.